and welcome to episode 20 of All Out Brawl. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Uh, and this week, I think we're going to be talking about some brawl changers as we round that last corner into Guilds of Ravnica Standard. Yeah. Um, so uh, as you're listening to this, it is Wednesday. Um, if you're listening to it, the day comes out. But um, important note, if you're doing that and you're free right now, you should check out uh, Twitch dot tv slash retoto r-e-t-t-o-t-o because right this very second chris is playing arena with guild of ravnica yeah so. so i was um lucky enough to be one of the streamers selected by wizards to be given a uh preview account to try the new cards early on arena before everybody else gets to the next day when it comes into open beta for everybody so I'm excited. I'm already brewing some decks in my head about stuff I want to try. So, yeah. 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 So check that out if you have time. Um, and if you're not listening on Wednesday, sorry, it's over, but that's okay. <laughs> um, thanks for listening anyway. Um, but so uh, like Chris is saying, as we do when we get new cards, we like to um, kind of as everyone, I guess, does do a kind of set review. But we're going to specifically talk about Brawl, obviously, that's what our podcast is about but also talk about you know the legendary creatures and planeswalkers specifically what they're good for what we've had in the past that we can kind of bring into decks for them and also the cards from the set um we're gonna do it a little different than we have in the past uh where in the past we used to do an episode that was all about all the new legendary creatures and planeswalkers and then um an episode that was about all the rest of the cards we've kind of covered some of the cards already because of spoilers a bit um but uh we figured instead of doing it that way this time we'll go um, guild, 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 and other. So uh, effectively, today we're going to talk about two guilds. We're going to focus on the legendary creatures and talk about what cards that are already in standard will be good for those decks and like what kind of archetypes or things like that we can pull from other sets that are already in standard to build these decks. Um, and then next week we'll do the same thing for another two guilds. And then the next week we'll do the last guild. And also then we'll talk about uh, the other cards in the set, what decks we think they're good in that already exist, and also, you know, where they, how good they are, how excited we are about them going forward type of stuff. So, Yeah, and we're going to try to keep it so this week we don't have any colors overlapping between the two guilds we chose, which are Boros and Golgari. So uh, we picked Boros for this first week because last Monday when we recorded our um, 19th episode... We did not have... There was one legendary creature that was not yet spoiled, so we haven't even talked about it yet, right? Yeah. No, we, we hadn't seen Tajik yet, um, but uh, we did get that. Uh, essentially, right like the next morning, Tajik yeah. got released, and we were like, well, we're going to sound like dummies on the podcast, but you know, we record these in advance because that's how we do. So, so yeah. Do you want to just get right into... This? Yeah, let's do it. I was getting kind of excited about this um, specifically. So we're going to talk about Boros first, like we we're saying. Yeah, I am um, too. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to clarify, coming into this, so in Brawl, we have had Dipala, Huatli, and Tiana um, as the three red-white uh, brawlers that we've had so far. So that's kind of a vehicles deck, a dinosaurs deck, and then an aura slash equipment deck. Um and the cool thing about Tajik and Aurelia is that they 
do something different than all three of those. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of like what was in Boros before that would be good, and there's or that these might fill the place of rather. Yeah, uh, and there's not really anything that it's doing that. I mean, so yeah, so I would say uh, just before we even get into the cards themselves, um, obviously vehicles are out. I think vehicles would have been an interesting build with this type of thing, yeah. with mentor the keyword. Um, but the the dinosaur decks that are just red white, and also um, the Tiana or equipment deck, I think both of those can transition into these new decks fairly easily because even though they are a little different, um, red white is very combat centric. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, so and the big keyword, like the big mechanic for Boros in this set, is that new mentor mechanic. And mm-hmm. Tiana was focusing on kind of some equipment that maybe buffed her and her power. So some of those would probably slot well into a deck where your brawler is mentoring your smaller creatures. Yep. Yeah. So let's let's get into it right now. Um, just go through these creatures. I'll take Aurelia, and then we can move to Tajik since he's new. Um, so we talked about Aurelia last week, but she is a four drop, two red white for a two five angel uh, with flying, of course, and mentor, as Chris is just saying. So that's the whenever this creature attacks, put a plus almost one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. Um, quick note, just from the release notes, uh, the important thing to remember about mentor is that it will check twice. So when you put the trigger on the stack, it needs to target a creature that has lesser power and w- for the ability to resolve the creature still has to have lesser power so if you target two like one like a one one with two 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 mentor triggers it'll only get one plus almost one counter so just something to keep in mind so it's kind of like evolve in that sense yeah exactly like if you had multiple creatures come into play the evolve trigger would only go off once because it does it fails to fire when Mm -hmm. the power is the same so Yep. Um, But then, of course, the most important ability. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose up to one target creature you control. Until end of turn, that creature gets plus two plus O, gains trample if it's red, and gains vigilance if it's white. So, yeah, we talked about this one a little bit last week. She can turn herself into a four or five with Mentor. It's pretty good because lots of things have less than four power. So, Yeah, and she can also give some of the other Mentor creatures you're putting in this deck uh, greater power to start mentoring the other creatures you put in the deck including her so yep. that's fun exactly yep. yep and then do you want to line out uh tajik for us um so tajik legion's edge is a legendary creature human soldier one red white so three cmc he has haste mentor and then two abilities what first well, one okay sorry i i don't know why you read cards this way but i feel like the power and toughness is important oh yeah sorry <laughs> i don't know why either i didn't know it's because i go from top to bottom like i'm reading a book but that's you kind of should like work from the outside in i guess mm-hmm. yeah so his power is a three two so he's also uh not not he's not four or five when he's swinging like aurelia is but he's pretty He's a three drop though. Um, yeah, so that's he's a three drop, so three two with haste and mentor, yeah. which is already good stats. Then he has these cool abilities. Um, the first one being prevent all non combat damage that would be dealt to other creatures you control. So right off the bat, they, that gets my cog spinning to see how you can build some nonsense around that. And then he has an activated ability, which is red white, so just Boros. Tajik Legion's end gains first strike until end of turn, so it just makes him a better attacker. Yeah. So, yeah, so the the big note coming off of this is that um, 
honestly, I think both of these decks are going to play very similarly. I don't think there's a lot of difference here. Like, I don't think there's a nuance between a Tajik deck and an Aurelia deck, really. I think they're both going to have a lot of the same cards. I think the one thing that separates a Tajik deck from an Aurelia deck is that um, prevent all non-combat damage line Mm -hmm. on Tajik. Because then... I guess if you want to, can we start by talking about that just specifically? Yeah, no. Yeah, let's go with that. So red and white. White has great board wipes generally, but red also has board wipes in the form of mass damage to all creatures. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a two-card combo with any uh, like red board wipe. We have Star of Extinction, which is just crazy with this card. We have Hour of... No, wait, that's leaving. Yeah, I was um, going to say, <laughs> the problem is right now in Standard, I think the only one we really have is Star of Extinction. Yeah, that um, might be true. We have like... Yeah. Yeah, that's all we have. But anyways, it's like a well, nice... We have the Pirate one. Oh, yep. So we have Buccaneer... No. Uh, the I can't remember what it is. Me but there's, there's a three-drop red instant that deals two damage to each non-pirate creature. You're pretty good with... Um, him. So any red card, I think there, there's probably not many right now, as we just mentioned, but essentially turning it into a one-sided board wipe. I think the big one here is Star of Extinction. You have a seven mana, deal 20 damage to each creature. None of your creatures are going to take damage unless somehow Tajik leaves the battlefield before it resolves, but yeah, like that is such great advantage for a Boros deck. I mean, it also destroys a land, and it also deals 20 damage to each planeswalker which in brawl is pretty relevant because yeah. you can have planeswalker brawlers like turning your creature sideways in a boros deck is normally the hardest part in commander because you're or brawl and commander because your opponents are going to have creatures to block with generally and mm-hmm. this kind of idea really helps the boros deck kind of finish the game yeah um yeah i think that's true i you also made a note here that um Aurelia being an angel could include Lyra for the synergy of, you know, getting plus almost one in lifelink. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think Lyra could go into either of these decks though. Cause she's just super powerful. Like she's just a good card. So yeah, but um, I think, um, Tajik is probably more like aggressive aggro. Whereas mm-hmm. Aurelia might even start, um, being able to go a little bit more mid rangey depending yeah. on how you build her. Cause like you can essentially Aurelia, you want Tajik to start at the baseline of two power creatures, right? Right. Aurelia can start at the baseline of three power creatures. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah, so I guess that is an important denotation. Um, Aurelia will probably... I think you're right. She'll probably go taller, um, especially since her ability allows her to give other mentor creatures the ability to mentor her and make her bigger. And then, you know, we've talked about that too. Uh, whereas Tajik doesn't really have anything like that. But... Uh, I still think they're going to be kind of similar. Tajik might be more oh. go-wide, though. Yeah, They're similar, but they're also nuanced, I think. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So let's talk about some of the cards that we thought could go well into these decks. Um, so the first thing, um, kind of with Tajik, and I guess also with Aurelia, but I think kind of getting to that nuance, um, you, we, we discovered there's a lot of soldiers in in standard there's always been a lot of soldiers in standard but uh we have some really good like incidental soldiers such as mentor of the meek which literally has mentor in its name so which is probably the most card advantage you're going to get in a deck of this type um we are mentor of the meek essentially lets you draw when you play creatures with power two or less Mm -hmm. um and like we're not really doing that draw cards thing often in a red white deck 
Right. So any effect that kind of gives you that advantage is great. And that's another reason I think we bring up the soldier. Yeah. Uh, idea because that opens up like Vanquisher's banner for more card advantage in a Tajik deck. Mm-hmm. I think I've said yeah. his name like three different ways. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Um, kind of along those lines, we have some other creatures. Uh, some other ones that I just found looking was like Adanto Vanguard, which is a two drop from Ixalan that says as long as it's attacking, it's plus two plus O. Oh, and when you, you can pay for life to give it indestructible until end of turn. Obviously, the problem with the attacking thing is that it won't be able to get the mentor triggers, kind of like we talked about. But um, if you can, if you have other mentors, like maybe in an Aurelia deck, even uh, you you could mentor this, and then it gets bigger, and then it can attack for more, and then you also pay for life to give it indestructible. Like I think there's just a lot of like random creatures like that that are tiny that get bigger or like have other effects that make them super good mentor targets. Well, I also think in these types of decks, you're going to be running equipment that are increasing your. Mm-hmm. Uh, brawler's power because you're eventually going to maybe reach a point where you can't mentor things anymore especially in tajik so adanta vanguard becomes good because like you want your creatures to be able to attack effectively and not worry about getting chump locked like adanta vanguard has the ability that gives it indestructible in tunnel of turn so like anything that helps your creatures attack better but they're also maybe smaller is good yeah so kind of along those lines um let's talk about the before we get to like kind of the general ideas, let's talk about just for mentor specifically cards from standard that aren't in Guilds of Ravnica because obviously Guilds of Ravnica is super based on this. Like if you look at it, there's some gross stuff you can do with like one one flying birds that is nasty. Mm-hmm. But um, for outside of Guilds of Ravnica, um, of course we have some really great tools like equipment, like you were saying, um, Blackblade Forge, Forebear's Bade. Uh, sorry, Four Bears Blade, Triumph of Gerard. Um, even something like Helm of the Host, especially in an Aurelia deck, less so in a Tajik deck, unless you have some of these other things. But like the idea of being able to... I just love the idea of being able to play an Aurelia and then get another Aurelia and just like every turn, silly. Um, mm-hmm. I think They can start I, mentoring I, the other Aurelias. Yeah, the only problem, obviously, is that it won't be able to get the at the beginning of combat on your turn for the token, but it will get the mentor because you can choose to attack with it. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe Helm of the Host is also at the beginning of combat on your turn. But it does mean that like Aurelia can then immediately mentor the token Aurelia or, you know, silly things like that. So um, I just like that idea. And then, of course, yeah. Tajik could do the same thing if you've already pumped him up a little bit too. Um, but And then you had another one here, the Triumph of Gerard, which, of course, is, is perfect. Yeah, yeah, so you're putting counters on a creature for two turns. It's one of the sagas from mm-hmm. uh, Dominaria. You're putting counters on a creature for two turns, and then you're kind of making your creature that has the most power better at attacking with that last chapter. Yes, which, of course, it, it, it's on the creature that you have with the highest power. Which is the creature really with good. mentor, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, yeah, and then along those same lines, some of the good mentees that we pulled out here: Danitha Capuchin, Goring Ceratops, Everdon Champion, Paladin of Atonement, Pegasus Courser, Raptor Hatchling, Snubhorn Sentry. Like we're also getting Pegasus Courser shifted up to uncommon in Guilds of Ravnica. So no, isn't that no? no it's it was it's an a M-19. different. 
No, it's a different car. Sorry. Oh. Um, Peg- there's a there's a functionally the same oh, okay. Pegasus Courser in Guilds of Ravnica, but it has a yeah. different name, and it's that uncommon instead of common. <laughs> so, so you, you get, get two, two of those effects. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the things I wanted to note with this is kind of harkening back to the uh, Huatli that's red-white, like red-white dinosaurs. Enrage is probably a very good ability for this deck yes because it effectively like the big ones is like raptor hatchling it's a two drop one one that whenever it gets dealt damage you make a three three green dinosaur creature um if you can attack with raptor hatchling and immediately make it a two two or you know throw something else on it and then also mentor or whatever you want to do that can become a really good attacker because people don't want to block because then you'll get a three three and at some point it might even become a 3-3 trading for, you know, replacing itself with a new token when it dies. Like, mm-hmm. very good stuff. And then there's uh, there's that. I don't remember what the name of it, but it's like four, four mana for a 2-2. Two, two, that when it's dealt damage, you deal five to another creature. There's just some good dinosaurs that have low power mm-hmm. um, that have nice and rage triggers. But then there's also cards like, uh, what's the, I think it's Canali Sunwing? Kinjali oh, Sunwing. Kinjali Sunwing, the... The two, three flyer that ha- makes your creatures... Your opponent's creature enter the battlefield tapped. Amazing for a Boros deck because yep. it lets you attack through those creatures af- like um, the turn after their opponent, your opponents play them. So yep. are there any other effects in standard? Uh, because those types of effects where your creatures, your opponent's creatures yeah. enter tapped are great for um, a Boros I d- deck. I don't think we have any other ones anymore we lost console or authority of the consoles which was really probably one of the best ones of those but um i don't think we have any more we might get more with the orzhov obviously they have the, one of the more famous ones with um bland obedience um so we might have some of those coming in the future but right now i think kinjali sunwing is the only auto really powerful included, one though <laughs> yeah um so kind of along those same lines um i did note bellowing aegisaur too which is another dragon it's like a four or five which means you probably won't mentor it but it does have an arrange trigger that puts a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control it's a three which, five. Oh, okay well so even better because it means yeah it still pumps <laughs> it but like with the plus one plus one counter on each other creature your mentor creatures just got bigger which means that they can mentor more things very fun um yeah i don't know uh what do you want to talk about uh i think obviously one of the big things here is go wide we're talking about especially for tajik um any of the token creators vampires from ixalan have a lot of token creators Mm Hmm. so anything like you were talking about bellowing aegisaur that can put um counters on things i think you had put in here one of the ajani's it was decent yes yeah the the new ajani um ajani adversary of tyrants the one that was actually in the set his plus puts two up to two a plus almost one counter up to two target creatures you control which is perfect for mentor because it means you can pump up the bigger ones to make sure that they can still mentor um and then of course his emblem if you can ever get there is the one that makes one one cats every turn um which i think is perfect because they have lifelink uh, along those same lines the onan war leader is the one that when it attacks it makes three one or makes two one one uh lifelinking cat tokens effectively again going wide Talani's summoner same thing with the ascends that can make a lot of one ones like and this normally boros is just go wide and doesn't really have like more layers to it 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 does but in this case in this brawl format 
we get this new keyword mentor Mm -hmm. and it adds a lot of nuance to um how you're attacking and who you're attacking and also gives you like more lines of play i think which Mm -hmm. is it's just i'm excited i think to build tajik yeah i i'm excited for relia personally mostly because uh kind of along those same lines we have some stuff here about like a knight sub theme because we have things like call the cavalry quende um and then also you had put down here uh red pirates holy quende is amazing in tajik tajik yeah of course it is holy crap because he's a two-two yeah so he gets mentored gives tajik (laughs) Tajik double double strike. strike if you use its ability oh my goodness i'm building this (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's a really good point to make is that um, for like, like I, I don't know if we've talked about it very much, but a lot of the conversation around Boros, especially from the EDH community, is that um, being attack focused and having to take out a lot of people um, is a real detriment because obviously we have more life, we have more opponents. It's just a lot harder um, I think you're right, though, that especially with the idea of this go-wide deck where you have a lot of tiny creatures, but at the same time, you can also pump up those creatures using mentor abilities. It gives you, like you're saying, another way to win because you're not just making a ton of creatures. You're also making a few bigger creatures, which is great because it means that your creatures are more useful than they would be in, say, like just a generic make a lot of goblins deck. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we're not going to be doing. Although there are ways to get value out of your creatures if you're not being able to attack with them, like makes if munitions from uh, Ixalan. There's just red does have some of that cool stuff where you can like kind of throw your creatures away to um, like get some uh, evasion or range into your norm into your deck where there isn't normally some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to recap here, just making sure we cover all our notes. Um, yeah, yeah, like I was saying, Red Pirates, there's already kind of a setup here with things like Lannery Storm, um, old Kari Zev decks that are no longer legal, probably have a lot of the pieces for the aggressive red parts. Um, White with the vampires, Mavern Fane makes a, can make a lot of tokens and also, you know, things like Legion's Landing, even Squire's Devotion that makes an extra knight and also pumps something and gives it lifelink, like perfect for Mentor. So, um, and then yeah, Dinosaurs, looking for things that pump up your Mentors and also give you good Mentorees or Mentees, sorry, that's what I meant. Um, and then also just some other random token generating stuff, but... Yeah, I think I think there's actually quite a bit here. I think there's a lot of obviously I, they're building standard. They know what they're doing, but there's a lot of setup here that made me think, oh, there is a lot of support for this mentor idea of a deck. So, yeah, I yeah I think after talking about it more right now and just in coming or kind of discovering the stuff in standard that works with it, it seems like these decks will probably even in multiplayer setting hold their own. Yeah, well, and I think part of it is just that there are so many things with extra things stapled on. Like, the vampire tokens have lifelink. The cat tokens have lifelink. The knight tokens have vigilance. Like, there's so much extra value that it means that you won't have to... The the big pitfall, obviously, with a lot of Boros decks is that when you swing out, you're left completely open. Um, But if you have things like lifelink to boost your life total, or you have things like vigilance to keep your stuff from getting tapped, then you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. So... And the other downside, as we all know, to these types of decks is card draw, card advantage. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, which is something I might look into more. It's just generally white red decks that don't run any of the other better at drawing cards colors have these however many cards that they all run to kind of help them in that category. So things like Treasure Map and in this case Mentor of the Meek and yeah. Well, there is, and there's also that new enchantment uh, from Guild of Ravnica that whenever you gain life, you can pay two yep. to draw a card. And, like, if you have some lifelink synergies, then that's probably good, too. I mean, Mentor of the Meek is going to be your big one here, which is problematic because it's really, like, one card. But, eh. I mean, we'll see. Like like we're saying, it sounds like both of us are interested in potentially building out these decks. So we might be able to report back on if we could find some tricksy ways to get it done. Um but let's move on to the second guild that we have for today. Yeah, so the second one we're going to talk about today is Golgari. And, I mean, we both like Golgari. I think we're mm-hmm. both playing it in the pre-release at least once this weekend. But the big thing is we're kind of already done this stuff in Brawl. Like, we have Maldrotha. We have the old Vraska, who's also in the same vein like this Vraska, just a value engine, so. Yeah, and then, of course, Slimefoot, which is uh, creating tokens and sacrificing them kind of thing, which it's not problematic. No. Um, I still like these. I'm still very excited by Vraska Golgari Queen, Um, but let's let's talk about these cards real quick, and then we can kind of dig into the meat of what we what we went through for this. So here, let me, can I go first so I can try to read a card correctly? (laughs) Sure. So also, I just wanted to quickly talk about, um, we talked about last week, I said Izoni. Sam Mm -hmm. likes it called Eyes on Eye because she's the thousand eyed. Yes. Which is kind of just a cute way. So we might call it Eyes on Eye. Well, it's, you know, because where are all those eyes? There's only 998 in the picture, so... <laughs> eyes on eyes on eyes. <laughs> but so yeah, here, go for she it. She is six mana, two black, black, green, green, two, three, legendary creature, elf shaman, with undergrowth. When eyes on eye, thousand eyed enters the battlefield, create one, a one, one, black and green insect creature token for each creature card in your graveyard. Then she has the activated ability. Um, black, green... Sacrifice another creature, you gain one life and draw a card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do we want to just talk about her deck and what we would build for her and then move on to Vraska? I think that probably sure. works better. Um, so the big thing here is that she is currently competing with Slimefoot, and I think Slimefoot is better. Like, I'm I'm sorry, Eyes and I, but, like, I mean, she's cool. Don't get me wrong. And I think after Slimefoot rotates, I think... Eyes uh, and I will be able to pick up the slack, but that's so expensive. Yeah, and it makes me sad because I think she has great potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Slimefoot being three mana less, having an activated ability that gives you creature advantage and doesn't make you like sack creatures. I think this card would go great in a um, Slimefoot deck because you're going to curve into it later and get some value. Yes. But yeah, I, mean, I also think and, it could yeah. helm a good deck, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just in, a com- in comparison. Like I'm saying, once Slimefoot is gone, I think she'll have more of a chance to come into her own. Um, so let's just talk about some of the things here. She works well with self-mill. Um, there's not a lot of that pre-Guilds of Ravnica. Obviously, Surveil is in Guilds of Ravnica, which is very good. Um, but we don't have a lot of it beforehand. We have the like one-drop 
from M19, the Stitcher's servant or whatever it is that uh, mills you when it comes into play. Um, but there's not a lot of it uh, in standard right now. So it's it's a little tougher to get the creatures into your graveyard because obviously if you're going to be waiting until you hit six mana to cast her, you want to make sure that you have quite a few creatures in graveyard before you yeah, cast her for the I, first time. She's a two, three for six mana. So to get the value you kind of need from paying six mana, you probably want at least four creatures in your graveyard, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be honest, because you want like six power. You want it spread among five creatures. Yep. Yeah. So I think for her to really shine, you're going to need consistent, early, cheap ways to to get cre- to get creatures into your graveyard, but also get value out of what you're doing. So, like you mentioned here, surveil is great. Like any mono black surveil card would probably be good. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna save, like talking about the Guilds of Ravnica, good cards for brawl to later. Yes. Um. Yeah. So let me just. What I'm thinking right now, um, and I didn't do as much homework on this one, but I was thinking along those lines, we probably want to have a deck that has a lot of cheaply costed stuff. We want to have a lot of one drop creatures, two drop creatures. You know, we want to have the things like, uh, like I was talking about the uh, Stitcher's uh, Supplier, which is the one drop from in my team that mills you um, when it enters the battlefield and dies, but also things like, oh, I don't know. But cheap yes. things that have good, like, ETBs or, like, Yavamaya Sapherd or... Yeah, or, like, Vicious Conquistadors, the one, two, for one, that whenever it attacks, each opponent loses life. Mm-hmm. It means that you'll want to attack. It'll probably die. You can probably just have it in your graveyard. Stronghold Confessor is the one, one, for one, that has the kicker that gives it two plus almost one counters. Yeah, and then that makes me even less excited for this deck, because I don't want to be running those cards... Because right. they're not good. If you draw that card late, you're going to be sad. Right. Which, I mean... Um, I, we'll yeah. have to look... Like, I think our level of homework is directly proportional to our level of excitement for the card. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's fair. Surprisingly, yes. we're excited for the Boros cards. Golgari, yeah. kind of what we've already been doing with Golgari for a while. Right. So, Which, we, yeah. I, I like this card. I want yes. it to be good. But it's going to take a little bit more work to... Yeah. Discover her full potential. Which, I mean, so just to clarify, along those lines, some of the cards we picked out here, uh, Blood Divination and Vicious Offering. Yeah, so this is kind of my um, group of cards that you cast, part of their casting cost is sacking a creature, gets mm-hmm. that creature in your graveyard, but also gives you card advantage. Yeah, Demon of Catastrophes is actually probably a really good card for this deck yeah um, so it's, it's the like five drop four four flying trample i think it's a whenever... four drop oh okay yeah i mean it's cheaply costed because in addition to cast it you have to sack a creature so yeah mm-hmm. then we have torgar who is mm-hmm. good and then you put boneyard parley yeah do you know what this card is yeah i remember it's like the chi- it's one of the cheap mythics from ixlon right it's basically <laughs> yeah. graveyard foff Yes, it's a seven drop black mythic from Ixalan that says um, choose five creature cards in graveyards um, and then an opponent makes two piles and you choose one of the piles and it puts it into play under your control and then you put the other ones back into the graveyards. Um, Honestly, I just feel like that's a good card if you're churning through your deck like this, Mm -hmm. you know, which I mean, it's funny because like that card 
it's funny because it's like I don't think I've ever actually seen that card in real life. Um, but yeah, I think it, yeah, as an I needs cards like perpetual timepiece just rotated, right? But we're well, getting we a new one, new one in yeah. Guilds of Ravnica. So just cheap ways to be milling yourself because this deck, which wants, you'd also run like Mending of Dominaria and. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, like, Whisper is good, because you can sack yep. creatures with it, so and also... There, there is yeah. something here, but we're going to need to... Well, and the other big thing, too, not only is it competing with Slimefoot, but when you talk about, like, Perpetual Timepiece, it's also competing with Moldrotha, which means that, yeah, like... Yeah, that's, that's the big thing. But I don't like yeah. talking about Moldrotha, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, let's talk about the other Golgari legendary it's of course vraska golgari queen she yes. is a legendary planeswalker vraska she is two black green for a four loyalty planeswalker she has plus two you may sacrifice another permanent if you do you gain one life and draw a card minus three destroy target non-land permanent with converted mana cost three or less minus nine you get an emblem with whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player that player loses the game yeah i mean it's I I still I like this card a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I am very excited by this card. Um, unfortunately, we do run into the same problems that we we're just talking about. It's competing with another Vraska that destroys better than this one, and Moldrotha, which is I a mean, better value engine. Yeah, her so, minus three is abrupt decay, which is a good card, but that card is also good because it's an instant speed, mm-hmm. uncounterable card. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, I guess. So um, we have a note here. So obviously, Vraska is going to work really well with token production. Um, we have a ton of it already. Slimefoot, Treasures, uh, Revel and Riches, Treasure Map, all the good stuff that we've already been using in all of our token decks <laughs> anyway. But um, obviously, great with something like Slimefoot. Um, and then on you mo- also put the note here, she also cares about death triggers. So once again... Slimefoot, uh, open the graves, pitiless plunderer, anything that you can really use to kind of get value out off of, of your death. Yeah. So I liked open the graves because you sacrifice a creature, replaces itself with another creature. Um, pitiless plunderer, you when a creature dies, you get a treasure, which then you can sacrifice to her. Mm-hmm. So it's just like ways to <clears throat> her plus. So essentially, you never want her plus two to be putting you in disadvantage. Right. You're always drawing a card, but it'd be nice that your board presence never had to change. Yes. Well, and I mean, along those same lines, anything that has dies triggers, I mean, Stitcher Supplier may not be the best example. No. But But things like that. that, She could also run like Crucible of Worlds and Mending of Dominaria because you can sacrifice a land. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. So you have lands with... Are there any lands with... Like, Zelfir and Void might be good in this deck with... Ooh. Um, yeah, that's true. Or, I mean... Well, I was going to say maybe the... <laughs> I was going to say the Memorials, but they're not good. They're I think good. you would run Crucible of Worlds in this deck just for the option of cycling a land into a new yeah. card and then replaying the land. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, so... Uh, I mean, it's just... I wanted to be better. I never thought I'd be talking <laughs> about playing Crucible Worlds in a standard deck. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. What are... Let's see. I'm, I'm just checking real quick to see if I can... Deathbloom Fallon. Especially if we have ways of getting things back from the graveyard. Which there are a couple, like... You know, return things with at sorcery speed to your hands. Um, there aren't as many put things back onto the field. But, like, Deathbloom Fallon is the one that gives you a, 
sapperling well, when it dies. Liliana uh, touched by death. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, um, dire fleet hoarder. Yep. When it dies, you create a treasure. Uh, Doom Dissenter was an M19. You make a zombie. I mean, there's a lot, like you're saying, it's a value thing. Journey to Eternity, obviously, is going to be great. Yeah. Veraska's winning by outvaluing your opponents. And also, like, if you have... She's also winning by outvaluing your opponents. That's why you also don't want your board state to... um, Get worse. Get worse when she's on the battlefield, because you want to work towards that ultimate. Because once you get that ultimate, you're kind of like in a great position to win. Yeah. I was going to say that just as another couple ones from M19 poison tip archer. <gasps> it's yes, great. It's so perfect. good. Um, that, that was a worm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, there's a couple things. Here, don't, but... don't plus Vraska and sacrifice your Palaka worm unless you're in like dire straits or, Unless you have some way of getting it back, yeah. like Journey to Eternity. Yep. Um, oh, that's but, another great card for this. Yeah. No, that's... I. Yeah. Um, the other thing I put, or was thinking about with this, is you definitely want to run more removal, so you can hit the things that you couldn't hit otherwise. Um, so, obviously, things like Murder, things like uh, even Eviscerate. Like, No, I mean... There's yeah. better. You want to run Raska's Contempt on Flavor, oh, great card. Sure. Well, and of course, she's a black planeswalker. So if you're not running settle the score, you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> so good. Especially yes, getting a... you to that ultimate. Like the thing yes. is, you'd probably say settle the score for the turn where people, which is like, oh, they're one turn from ultimating. Nope, I'm mm-hmm. ultimating this turn. Yep. Because that is that is one of the main things, especially with something like Vraska. Um, the main reason I'm very excited by her is I had the Tezzeret, the schemer deck, which in a way, is actually pretty similar in the concept of I have a four-drop Planeswalker where, you know, yeah. I get some incidental value off of the plus two and the minus three, but I really want that emblem. And um, unfortunately, Vraska is not as good as Tezzeret in that I can't play Tezzeret, settle the score, and then immediately get an emblem. But... Uh, the nice... I've realized yeah. this now. The nice thing about this Vraska is she's four mana. So generally, mm-hmm. you're casting her... And her minus three is going to be relevant when you cast her the first time because your opponents have only cast spells that cost three, around three, so... Yeah. No, that's true. Um, And, I mean, obviously, it also helps because it means she's still only six mana the second time you cast her. Um, And uh, that emblem is what you want, though, which... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think it's interesting... I, I, I'm still excited by it. It's just I'm not as excited as I was by the Boros stuff, which is weird to say. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think kind of like we've talked about in general, these are just, they feel outclassed by other things that are already in standard. Obviously, I think Vraska is great because it gives you a chance to use Vraska from a, like from a brawl perspective which means that you can play her multiple times you can play strategies that revolve around you know getting the most value out of her as opposed to just playing her once and then she dies and that's it um so mm-hmm. and yeah. like i'm still excited about these cards like i was less down on eyes on eye than sam was but well it's i'm not i would run eyes and eye in my Vraska deck like that's fair <laughs> she- and you'd probably run it like i said in your Slimefoot deck yeah, so um, I think it's good. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's in hard general, to support. Yeah, a card 
with such a specific strategy in a format limited by its card pool. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love Brawl, but I wish they'd print legendary creatures whose abilities had enough support within standard to be well, great. Honestly, my biggest... The, the thing that I am... I think the reason I'm mostly upset about Eyes and I is that she costs six. If she costed four, if it was black, black, green, green, I think this card would be amazing. I think this card would be very, very good. Like, I would even take black, black, green, green, one, two power toughness. And, like, yeah, exactly. Because you don't care about her power toughness, you care about her abilities. Yes, which, and yeah. Three and two toughness is not enough different because the things that were going to kill her are still going to kill her. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess. The, but the nice thing is, like I was saying, come rotation next fall, um, not this one, the next one, I think Eyes and I might have a place here because we won't have Slimefoot anymore, we won't have Muldrotha anymore, and we'll have potentially more support for graveyard shenanigans with more of the guilds and more of you know the Bolas-inspired set that will be probably a lot of graveyard stuff. So, um, I don't know. I, I think there's room for her it's just i wish she was better (laughs) but uh that is one of the things i wanted to bring up real quick that that's all we've really got for today um we'll get to our other stuff in just a second i just wanted to get in my soapbox real quick um one of the things listening to other set reviews that makes me really appreciate brawl is that even though we were just talking about how like these aren't really as good as some of the other ones they're still good and i'm still excited about them because like I love the limited format of it. I love the fact that we don't have, you know, we don't have to compare this to Marin because Marin's not in our format. We don't have to compare this to Gerard because he's not in our format. So. And we don't have to be like, oh, this isn't standard playable, right? Because exactly, <laughs> we're running singleton, and you kind of have to adapt. Yeah. So uh, next week we will be back. We'll talk about the Ijet and the Selesnia. Um, which I mean, I'm, I think we're both pretty excited for those too. So, um, but, uh, I'm surprised that we got so excited about the Boros. I mean, I, I was expecting that honest as things were being spoiled. Everybody's Mm -hmm. so down on mentor, but I like it. Yeah. But I also of the camp that likes battalion. So (laughs) I like attacking. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so next thing, uh, thank you, as always, to Awkward Bun for doing our cover art, Volmerson for doing our Twitch cover art. Twitter. And a- Sorry, our Twitter cover art. And then Aunt Neely for our intro, outro music, Might As Well Whistle, which we found on the Free Music Archive. As Sam mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I will be streaming Guilds of Ravnica on Wednesday of this week at Which Twitch- is today. Yes, <laughs> which is the day this podcast comes out. Um, it's this is really bad timing because we were under under an NDA until after we recorded our episode last week, so we couldn't really tell you guys about this until this week. Um, but I will be streaming that on Wednesday, which is the day this podcast comes out. Yep. Um, so yeah, so tune into Twitch.tv/slash RETTOTO to check that out. Um, also, if you have anything else you want to talk to us about, if you want to geek out with us over the Boros, or uh, you know, if you want to prove to us the Golgari decks are better than we are giving them credit for right now, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at AllOutBrawlMTG or email us at AllOutBrawlMTG at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you, so 
please sustain us. Yes. And until next time, I've been Sam. And I have been Chris. And this has been All Out for Brawl. (laughs) 